You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BJN Radio, episode number 192. Who cares? With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. Only one week until training camp. Brandon, are you sad that your summer and my summer are almost over? Uh, yeah, Jimmy, I am sad. <laughs> um, not to say that I'm not excited about, you know, obviously getting to cover the Eagles very uh, fortunate that have the jobs that we do but uh you know it's like kind of reminds me of being back in high school a little bit like oh the summer's coming to an end you're kind of trying to get all those like last things maybe that like you didn't do in like one last trip to the beach or something you know some uh or like see some friends just before the crazy time starts but uh people don't care about that so nope. uh let's get into the show Jimmy. <laughs> well before we get into the show uh i just wanted to note very quickly that i ran into one of our listeners actually Wow. In, uh, in Long Beach Island, I was bringing my daughter to swim lessons uh, every day in the morning uh, last week. And uh, as her session was ending, one of our listeners' uh, sessions was beginning, or their kids' sessions was beginning. His name's Payman from Westchester, New York. Uh, great listener of ours. He was there with his family, his wife, uh, a bunch of kids in tow. And uh, he was very, very nice, to, uh, good listener of ours. So we also want to encourage our listeners to rate, review, subscribe, do all those great things. And if you see me or Brandon out in public, do not be shy to come up and say hello. And tell us how great we are. That's uh, right. I really appreciate that. No, because there, there was awesome. actually a guy last summer uh, who, who said later, he said he saw me at the beach. We thought it was me. Um, and he didn't say hi because mm-hmm. i guess he was uh he, he felt like he didn't want to do that Starstruck. <laughs> yeah which is ridiculous in my mind <laughs> the idea that somebody would be like because we are not stars so uh by by all means if you run into me and brandon is a lot more recognizable than i am because he's like seven foot eight uh by all means come say hello yeah and uh leave a review rating all that good stuff, like you said. Also, if you want to leave us a question there, we will answer any question that is in a review. That's our policy, right? Like, we'll just, if you leave any kind of question in a review, we'll, we'll answer it. So, uh, on the air, you mean, right? Yeah, yeah. On the air. Okay. All right, Jimmy, what do we got today? Well, why don't we hear from, uh, why don't we hear about Righteous Felon first? Yeah. Really, just, you know, really sharp going into training camp here. Really on top <laughs> of our game. Definitely. This isn't like the second time we had to start the podcast. Um, Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, Jimmy, is the sponsor of BGN Radio, and you can go get some for yourself, some high-quality beef jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. That same promo code, BGN15, will get you 15% off dog treats at WildNaturePet.com. 
Actually, quick, uh, right, just fell an anecdote. I was in wow. LBI, like I, like I mentioned, and uh, I went to, I'll just say the name of the place, who cares? It was Island Market in, uh, in Long Beach Island in Brant Beach. And um, they had a huge display of Righteous Fallon, like very prominently placed in the store too. And uh, I got, I got a, um, I got the BIG one. I forget what's it called, mm. Victorious Notorious. BIG. Yeah, it was delicious, by the way. Um, went up to the counter to buy all my stuff, and I said, "Hey, the, my, my, this is my buddy's company." And he goes, "Oh, we need, uh, we need refills, so let him know." So I made a sale. For Righteous Fallon. There you go. <laughs> I, I told our good friend, of course, Dan Klausner, uh, fill up uh, Island Market in Brant Beach because they're looking for more beef jerky because it's in such high demand by their customers. It's a quality product. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, it's a loaded show. It's a lot of different topics today. I feel like before we get into like more of a formal kind of training camp preview next week, a little you know peek ahead. Uh, training camp begins next week as we're recording this. We're recording this on Monday, July 19th at 9.20 a.m. I like to date the episode in case any kind of big revelation happens. <laughs> right. After they the trade, they finally out. trade Zach Ertz. It's not our fault. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, if they do something like that, obviously we'll be back with you. But, um, yeah, so just to set the scene a little bit, Jimmy, players report next week on July 27th, mm-hmm. right? Tuesday. And that's just reporting day. Then the first actual practice would be the next day on Wednesday, July 28th. So uh, for the fans who care, I just felt like we should mention that while we don't have the full training camp schedule yet, or at least I don't, um, there is going to be increased coverage in terms of media access. Again, for the fans who care about that kind of thing, which I think you should, you know, you're getting access to your favorite team and players or more so through the media. Like, and by that, I mean, it's not just Zoom this year. There's yeah, going to be thank some God. kind of... Yeah, more more than just Zoom. Thank God, because I was getting sick of the Zoom coverage. Um, I mean, like if you ask a question to any of these players, it's for everyone's use. So, like I didn't even want to ask questions during these things. Anyway, that's uh, uh, media problems that nobody cares about. Uh, there was news about training camp in that the Eagles will be holding joint training camp practices. They're getting back to that. And they'll actually be practicing with two different teams, the Patriots and the Jets. Uh, when I first saw that report come out, uh, I had a mini heart attack because I don't want to go to, uh, I didn't want to go up to Massachusetts to, to cover a couple of training camp practices in the middle of the summer. But uh, I should have thought better of that immediately because they're playing the Patriots at home. So the Patriots will be visiting Philly for joint practices uh, in August, I believe. Yeah, definitely August. And then uh, they'll also be practicing with the Jets. That will be at their facilities in Florham Park. New Jersey had a little debate uh, with uh, uh, Diana Rossini over whether Florham Park was considered central or North or North Jersey. I am uh, very cl- – I think it's very clear it's not North Jersey. Close. It's really not even close. Like to me, Central Jersey is like the sort of the band – around like you know like a, a certain County. radius uh, around like 190 route 195 like right around yeah. that area that's central jersey and then anything like you know Florham park is north of newark like of course yeah. this is north jersey anyway um nice area up there so are you going to those practice will you go up there for those practices I'm hoping to, Jimmy. Uh, okay. That is the hope. I saw – so the fan, uh, the, the uh, training camp tickets for the Jets actually sold out. I'm sure a lot of Eagles fans got in on there because they were – the Jets were, uh, you know, giving those away. I think they were okay. free, but you said to, like, download them. So, oh, they're open to the public, the ones that we're going to? The Jets ones, yes, are. Okay. So if you missed out on that, sorry, but uh, they sold out pretty quick. I did you not know, know that. Okay. Yeah, so – well, look, Jimmy, I know everything, so it's fine. <laughs> I can, did you go I up to uh, – did you go up to uh, – 
Oh, what town are they playing? Oh my god, I can't believe I can't think of the town that they play in. The Patriots. Did you go up? Well, did you go up the last time they had joint practices there in Foxborough? During Foxborough, yeah, during the chip years. No, I did not. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, oh, why? Oh, and by the way, just to, to settle the Jersey thing. Yeah, I mean, first of all, a lot of people will tell you that Central Jersey doesn't exist, and that kind of is true from the sense of like. North Jersey or South Jersey, you know, those are obviously the two big ones. And like you either skew one of the two ways I would say most places do. I mean, but if you want to talk about like an area kind of like where I grew up in Mercer County, like that is to me central Jersey. Cause yeah, like growing up, we, we had a big mix of both like giant sands and Eagle sands. It was kind of like really split where we, where I was at least. So, uh, it kind of exists. Uh, definitely not that, like, I can't even believe like that, like Florham Park is being considered like that's no, it's like, that's like, so like, that's like probably a 90 minute drive or so, or it's over an hour or from where I grew up in kind of like around like the Trenton area. So that is definitely not central Jersey. Well, Um, I think she grew up a little further North Jersey. Okay. So I think, and, and I know that some people that live in like, that live closer to New York city consider like Florham Park and like those towns around there, like Chatham, Summit, mm. Springfield, Short Hills, etc. They consider that like further out west and isn't proper North Jersey, mm. which again, like I don't agree with that at all. Like it's definitely no. North Jersey. It's clearly, if you live in that area, you're either going to be a Jets or Giants fan or a Yankees or Mets fans. Like there's or no Philly. Fan. There's no Philly. Yeah, exactly. Cowboys fan, <laughs> uh, Warriors fan. But uh, you're not going to be like a Philly fan up in that region. All right. So that was some good Jersey talk. But um, getting into why this (laughs) matters for Eagle Sands, like these open practices matter. I mean, obviously, other than being able to attend the Jets ones, unfortunately, Eagle Sands will not be able to attend Patriots ones. Although, I I don't know if you know the answer to this, Jimmy, but I guess the Eagles might be doing like limited uh, access to training camp based on their select season ticket holders like they have in the past. I don't know if they're going to do those same numbers or that same, maybe some, I don't, we'll see. But uh, putting those people aside, uh, the appeal, I think, of these joint training camp practices is they're, they're kind of fun for the team, you know, kind of breaks up the monotony of training camp. Cause at this point, it's going to be a couple weeks into camp and you're just practicing against your own teammates day in and day out. And then finally, kind of like a new look here and uh, a little interesting from the Jets one too, because they're actually going to be, you know, playing the Jets, not only in the preseason, right. but again in the regular season. What week is that? Like it's pretty late, um, it's right? Late. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, in the season, I forget. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Maybe late actually earlier. Yeah, but is I can't it? Okay. remember. Uh, really good. Really. Good, oh, I have uh, it. I have it taped to my thing here. Oh, yeah, they play. In, they're in December, December fifth. So it is late okay. in the season. Yeah, yeah. So it's later. Um. But yeah, kind of just. I think it's a nice. You know. So it's fun. And in two this year. I don't. I don't remember the last time. I don't know if they have done two in the past. Like in the past, the last time they did it was 2019 with the Ravens, and then they did the Dolphins in 2017. Right. Like they've they've done you know one and the, and then the Patriots they did in uh, like 2013 2014 or whatever but two two in one camp is kind of interesting so uh, yeah there we go and then you'll see some former Eagles and as or at least we will in Philly because Nelson Aguilar and Jill Mills will be coming back to uh, the Novacare complex so uh, I guess that'll be fun I don't know maybe people don't care about this at all what are your favorite uh, joint practice memories in, of the past um, I do remember. Chip Kelly running a fake field goal, I believe, with Donnie Jones. Yes, either running or throwing like a touchdown pass. Against the I think Patriots. he, I think he actually fun. ran. I think he ran down. He was, he was running with the ball down the sideline. I think he got it too. Yeah, because all the like the Eagles players were all on the sideline and they were all screaming, "Donnie, go, Donnie!" <laughs> which, which is awesome. And Donnie was even kind of like laughing as he's running down the sideline. 
That's a good my one. Other, well, that was during joint band. practices? Yeah, it was. Okay. I, I remember that. Jimmy, don't don't question my name. All right, all right. Um, I, the other thing, honestly, the biggest takeaway I've probably ever had from a single joint practice is that like, Tom Brady yes. is really good. Like, yes, like, like, it was going, crazy. Going into that practice, I've, I've told this story a lot, so sorry if you've heard this before, but like, you know, I thought like, okay, Tom Brady's really good. I get it. Like, you know, but like, no, like, I don't think you understand until you see him like just destroy. He ended Curtis Marsh's career. You know, that's what yes, we're say. poor Curtis like, Marsh, both Marsh both in the practices and the game. Well, yeah, and he was having a good training camp. Yeah, least, you know, <laughs> seemed to be uh, leading up to that point. And then Tom Brady came in, and then Tom Brady, like in practice, he like he just doesn't miss a throw. Like every pass is complete. It's exactly the where it needs to be. It's just like. It's just, it was amazing. It was just like he was a robot out there. It was incredible. Um, and I hate to say that because I'm not obviously not a Tom Brady guy, but like it's just true. Like I was just, I was amazed at how good he is. Like, and just especially looking at like Vic and Foles, like they're nowhere close right, to that level. Right, right, right. And like even like the, uh, like the Boston reporters were almost kind of like, meh, he was fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah, they're, because they're used normal. to seeing it. My, my, uh, this is more of a personal highlight. I, I don't know if I've told this on the, uh, on the podcast before. I'm sure you've heard this, but like, uh, I was at the time I was working for Philly.com and um, I was with uh, our photographer, uh, our videographer, rather Sammy. And we we're just, it was way before practice had started and a ball had sort of like rolled over toward me. So I picked it up and I was looking for like who it belonged, like who, who am I giving this back to? And there's Ryan Mallett, who at the time was uh, Tom Brady's backup. And uh, he's going, whoo, whoo. And he's got his hands up, like, throw me the ball. And he's kind of uh-huh. laughing like he doesn't think that I can throw. So, so, like, because he did that, like, I whipped it at him as hard as I could. And, you know, he was, like, 15, 20 yards away. And it was, like, you know, it was, like, head high, like, tight spiral, hit him. And he caught it. And he gave me a, he gave me a little point, like, good throw. And, like, that basically made my camp. <laughs> Not that Ryan Mallett uh, ever amounted to anything in the NFL, but yeah. uh, he recognized uh, – the the throwing skills at least from uh uh the level of at least for uh, a reporter anyway uh so let's move on beyond <laughs> this uh self-aggrandizing to me people have already Sorry. turned off the podcast <laughs> listen to us talk about how great we are but um, yeah. get into actual eagles the first thing i had on our agenda jimmy that i want to talk about this came up last week and i saw you tweeted about it so i kind of wanted to get your opinion on yeah. the podcast forum because i kind of didn't fully agree with you oh uh, really okay big story came out Former NFL player Mike Robinson, who was a mm-hmm. fullback in the NFL for eight years, played for the Seahawks and the 49ers, has obviously now been a uh, analyst or whatever, commentator, whatever you want to call him, personality is the word, on NFL Network. And he was talking about the Eagles, and he was specifically asked about them, and he had this whole thing about Nick Sirianni and kind of like not knowing exactly who he is. But the exact quote that kind of made headlines, including on BleedingYourNation.com, was, quote, I'm not going to say any names, but I know some guys in that locker room who question this guy, meaning Nick Sirianni, and they question whether he can truly lead this team. Okay, right. Your reaction? So here, here, it's it, the way that I, you know, said it on Twitter was I thought it was BS, hmm. and uh, so like I don't necessarily disagree with the sentiment. Like, of course, anytime you hire a new head coach, you know, players are going to wonder if that guy can lead the team or not, and. That's uh, sort of a quote or a sentiment that should be put out 
in freaking January or February, not, mm-hmm. <laughs> not in July if the team has already had OTA. So the idea that, you know, players are going to be questioning, like, whether he can lead the team or not after, like, a small handful of OTA practices seems ridiculous to me. But then also, like, we've seen, you know, veteran players sort of uh, speak about Nick Sirianni. And you can tell when these guys, like, believe what they're saying or not. Like, Tommy wrote a post uh, and he had the Tommy um, Lawler. Tommy For Lawler. I don't know. Uh, had a thing on, he wrote a post about not necessarily, I don't know if he even cited Michael Robinson. I think he actually wrote this before that even came out, but um, Lane Johnson was talking uh, about Nick Sirianni and we all know that like Lane Johnson is not a, a liar. <laughs> like, and, and if he were, he's not a good liar. And you know, I, I think he, uh, his, his words were, I mean, he was very complimentary of uh, Nick Sirianni and, and what he's shown so far as a head coach. But also my, my biggest problem with, um, Robin, I don't even I don't even know if you'd call it reporting or whatever, but uh, you know, sort of the the sentiments that he expressed from the quote unquote people that he knows on the team. Like, say the quote. Don't like say exactly what they said. Don't just like sort of uh, editorialize what or like sort of sum up what what they said. Say exactly what they said, and then let the you know the fans and the listeners and the people who are reading whatever you're putting out, um, but then decide like what, like, how to interpret, you know, the actual, the actual words as opposed to your take on what those players said. So that was my bi- really biggest problem with it. And I just kind of don't buy it. Like I, I, it's hard for me to buy that kind of reporting if we don't know exactly what, and I'm, and again, like you and I are fine with, um, uh, you know, anonymous sources because people will talk if they, are able to, you know, not have their name out there. So it's like, that's just a basic part of reporting and journalism and whatever. So I don't have a problem with that aspect of it, but if you're going to say what those players said, say exactly what they said, not some um, sort of your take on what they said. Um, I, I don't think he's making it up. I, I disagree with people who just say like, he just made it up out of nowhere. And he, I don't think he, the way he said it, like, he wasn't presenting this. He's not like, He's not Ian Rappaport. He's not Adam Schefter. He wasn't like going out there to like break this scoop. He brought it up in the context of what he was saying as something he heard. Like, I'm sure he knows a player at some level. I mean, I don't know how necessarily. I, I, don't, I was trying to look for that connection. But, you know, he played in the league. There's players who hang out together who are friends. There's agents who, you know, there's a lot of different connections to consider as coaches, assistant coaches. So, um, you know, I don't doubt that he might have heard something. And my take on this was it wasn't really super concerning just because it's true in the sense of like, we don't know a lot of Nick, about Nick Sirianni. Like he's been a coordinator for just three seasons. He's never been a full-time play caller. Like he doesn't have this proven track record. He kind of has this like interesting personality in terms of a guy who's very energetic. And we've talked about before, like we kind of wonder how that'll play out if the team is struggling. So I think it's only natural for players to have some reservations. I don't think of this quote as some super alarming thing that like Nick Sirianni is already in jeopardy of losing the locker room right now. I think it kind of raises a question like how much lease does he have with these players? Like, are they going to maybe bail on him quicker than another head coach? But to me, I mean, like this stuff gets overblown. Winning matters. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Like I think in other cities, you know, in in other cities, not sorry to cut you off, but like in other cities, like, this like 
quote or whatever. I don't even know where it appeared. Was it on NFL.com, I'm guessing? It was like an NFL network yeah, hit. Yeah, it was okay. on TV. And then, yeah, <laughs> right. on NFL.com. So, like, other cities, that quote might completely just fall through the cracks. Whereas mm-hmm. here, nobody misses. Like, you put, you say something about the Eagles, like, it, it's going to get heard. Like, people, uh-huh. it's, we don't we don't miss it here. So, uh, you say something like that, like, it's, it's going to be talked about. It's going to be... It's going to get out there and people are going to listen to it and, and whatever. Um, the, the other, the other problem that I, that I also kind of have with it, like the, the statement is just so vague too. Like, mm-hmm. can we get like a little more? Can you unpack yeah, like, it a little bit? Why? Let's, what's the problem? So, uh, that was sort of another issue. So maybe, maybe my problem with it was more the way that it was, um, it was communicated to the public more so than, uh, the actual idea that he did have that he does know players and surely he knows players that are still in the league. And um, I'm with you. I don't think he completely made it up necessarily, but uh, yeah, like I don't like the way it came out is, is basically uh, my, my major issue with it. My thing about like buying in, which kind of just comes up in this conversation naturally, anytime there's a new head coach. So, you know, I'll talk about buying in. I think buying in the idea of quote unquote buying in, it's just, it's really overrated to me. Like, I think it's entirely possible that Eagles players can like be bought in this year and the team stinks just because like the roster mm-hmm. isn't good enough. Right. So, but like, how do you measure that? Like, how do you measure buy in? I mean, obviously, I think there comes to a level where like, if the team is just openly like, you know, like dogging it and they're quitting, then right. they're obviously not bought in and that's a problem. But I mean, I think it's kind of like, it almost becomes a, like a, a pass or fail thing for, for me at that point. Like, is the team bought in? Like, I don't really know. Like, is there a level of buy-in? Like, I don't know. I think we use buy-in as like this nebulous thing that isn't necessarily the realest thing. My whole takeaway from all this is just a reminder, which is obvious. It's not even really like any kind of groundbreaking thing, but like, we have a lot to learn about Nick Sirianni. Like everyone, the players, us, everyone, like we don't know about him. And that's why there is intrigue. Uh, as far as it goes with him this year. So again, I don't think it's alarming at all other than the only alarming thing I could take away is that like maybe relative to other head coaches, he has a shorter lease in terms of like the players being more skeptical of him based on this. But I don't even know if, if he's going to lose any, if any coach is losing, that's a problem. So also, if you don't buy in, it's going to a show on film and it's going to leak out that, you know, you're sort of yeah. um, like, you know, a, a problem player and you're not going to get a big, you're not going to get a, as big a payday as you might otherwise, you know, the next time your contract is up. So like the idea that players aren't going to buy, and I agree with you, like, it's just, it doesn't, it's overrated. And, uh, you know, these guys buy in because it's their job and they want to continue to stay in the league for as long as they can. All right, Jimmy, let's take a break here, but not before we hear about Chris and Roach from Roach Realtors. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, she's the greatest, 856-906-9295, 856-906-9295, 9295. 9295. Back here on BGN Radio episode 192. Who cares? Jimmy, we have to talk about some trade rumors. This is the trade rumor section of the podcast, starting with something that came up from last week. NFL insider Adam Schefter was on 97.5 The Fanatic with The Morning Show. Uh, And I want to note here, Jimmy, 
So I feel like this kind of got not talked about a lot in all the Deshaun Watson conversation that came about last week that Adam Schefter brought up Deshaun Watson and the Eagles without even being prompted. He wasn't asked about the Eagles. He wasn't asked about Deshaun Watson. He was asked about neither. He was asked about like the Sixers and Kyle. What's the point of that, by the way? Like who cares what Adam (laughs) Schefter's opinion is of the Sixers? (laughs) Like anyway, sorry. Somehow, (laughs) somehow like you're talking about Kyle Lowry and the Sixers and Adam Schefter kind of just went on this thing about like, Hey, like what's a move the Sixers could make to kind of get over the hump or what should they do? And then he kind of just on his own without even being asked again, being let into it at all just like uh pivoted to talking about like a big move that could kind of help fix the eagles to me adam schefter talking about deshaun watson and what he said verbatim was the eagles are quote more equipped to make a run at deshaun watson than any other team out there end quote and he later on in the interview said like i'm not telling you anything you don't already know he's talking about the draft picks and anything mm. but adam schefter saying this is not nothing to me jimmy like he's not adam schefter isn't just like throwing crap against the wall to see if it sticks like and also after this radio hit he talked about this on espn too he didn't espn hit for this the way he's kind of like like uh setting this up uh is like he's just presenting like opinion but i don't think that's fully true i think adam schefter knows something i think we've seen a big timeline of other reporters saying the Eagles could have interest in Deshaun Watson. And not just from, like, one source, by the way. This isn't like, like you know, in any kind of, as Jimmy knows, in any kind of uh, report about a player or something, there's always an agenda. Like, who is who's leaking this information? Sometimes it's clear it's the agent. Sometimes it's clear it's the player. Sometimes it's clear it's the team. In this case with Deshaun Watson, we've heard, and sometimes it's, it's different markets, too. Sometimes it's a Philly market. Sometimes it's a, let's say, in this case, a Houston market. And this Deshaun Watson thing, Jimmy, we've heard from Houston-based reporters, multiple we've heard from national reporters multiple we've heard from like philly based reporters like jeff mclean like there's a lot of smoke here and i just don't think it's bs coming out of nowhere and i think back to when adam schefter said in january that like he didn't think carson wentz was going to be back this year but kind of like presented it again as he was just kind of opining and a lot of people like took that at the time that oh adam schefter was just presenting his opinion so it doesn't count (laughs) right and guess what happened um so i don't know i just think there's something here he does couch opinions or he does couch, uh, you know, information as opinions mm-hmm. pretty regularly, in my opinion. Like, I mean, there's 32 teams in the NFL, so like he's not going to have strong opinions on all of them. And, you know, if he hears some information or nugget or whatever, he's going to throw that out there and present it as opinion. You know what I mean? So like, anyway, uh, I, I should mention, by the way, I, I talked about you twice do, wow. You, Brandon, twice during radio hits uh, this weekend. I was on with Glenn and Ray on WIP, and I was on with Martinez on uh, 97.5. And they both asked me about um, Deshaun Watson and the validity of, you know, these reports that have come out. And, you know, you mentioned all the different sources, Houston reporters, Philly reporters, national reporters. Mm-hmm. And you would even put together sort of um, a compilation of uh, all those reports that, that have come out during the off season. And uh, I mentioned, you know, you that you had done that on each of those radio hits. How many did well, you thanks. come up with? I said it was like a dozen or so. Is was that overshooting it a little bit? But it was yeah, it was, I, like, I, it was actually, around there, right? I forgot a couple too. I think I missed like one or two. Like Diana, your your buddy uh, or your friend Diana um, had mentioned something about like uh, Watson at one point. Um, so yeah, but it was, it was around there. By the way, Birds with Friends has claimed. Diana Rossini as their official hmm. national reporter of uh, their podcast, and I take umbrage with that. That's not uh, she was my friend first. She'll jerk. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> wow, that's <Stop> fire. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
as far as the the logic of going after Deshaun Watson, uh, certainly he makes sense next year. I don't think anyone agrees with that or disagrees with that if Jalen Hurts doesn't prove that he's the guy moving forward. And um, you know, you either have a quarterback or you don't. If you don't, you have no chance in the NFL unless you have some kind of like crazy, um, you know, historic defense like the early, you know, two thousands Buccaneers or the Ravens in twenty in two thousand or whatever. So you either have one or you don't. And in my opinion, Deshaun Watson is like a top five quarterback in the NFL. So if he's available and he's not radioactive in a year, then by all means, use those, you know, three potential first round picks that you have to go find that guy and then you build around him and you have a quarterback that can uh, make you a contender every single year until he's, you know, no longer in the league or or he's hurt or whatever. So like, that's the first building piece of course of any NFL football team is having that kind of quarterback. And if he's there to be had, go get him. Like, what are we even doing here? So like the idea, and even like in the off chance that like, there's a way that the Eagles would potentially go after him now like if it made sense, like where his price was significantly less than it would be, uh, you know, a year from now, like if Dom DeSandro, of course, uh, like, for example, like if he had some sort of insight on that's the what, ego security guy, just for people who don't know big Dom, they you always see him in pictures like next to chip or Doug or the head coach or whoever it is. Like he's that big guy's Dom DeSandro. Anyway, if he, like if the Eagles determine somehow that they understand like what the, um, the punishment is going to be both in terms of uh, in the court of law among regular people or, you know, in the world of the NFL, like what kind of suspension he's going to get. And it's, you know, not terrible. Like it's, it's somewhat palatable. And of course we're putting all aside all yeah. of like the, the sort of the scumminess that's involved here. Uh, but allegations, like, yeah, <laughs> right, the allegations. Exactly. So uh, if um, you know, they determine that, it's maybe worth doing it now as opposed to later because the price is lower. I've seen a lot of like, you know, we'll give Jalen Hurts a chance. Well, yeah, I mean, that sounds good in theory and all, but what are we talking about here? Like, we know that this guy is a top five quarterback in the NFL. I think most people's hopes for Jalen Hurts are that he's like a top half of the league. And it's just mm-hmm. hopeful that he's going to be that in 2021. So what are we even talking about here? Like, if he's available and the price is fine do it like there's get that get that guy that's going to make you a super bowl contender every single year for the next 10 years yeah i think it's such a rare opportunity it's something that yes, like, kind of exactly. doesn't get talked about now again like you have to like i'll, I'll get into the i obviously i'll just get into it now it's it's really it's gonna be a lot of hard it's gonna be very hard it's gonna be a lot of hard that's not even a real thing it's going to be very hard jimmy for a lot of eagles fans as i've seen people say um a lot of different people including people on the BGN staff talk about how, you know, it'd be very hard to root for the Eagles, which it already is right now. Let's be frank. Um, in some ways, uh, you know, if they acquire this player, you know, given the allegations uh, that have been brought up against him and I can't blame anyone for feeling that way. Sure. I can't, I really can't um, just analyzing, you know, purely from a football perspective, which is like what we do and what we're paid to do. Um, so looking at it through that lens, it's just such a rare opportunity to acquire a player, of his age, like who is signed through what's he gonna contract through through like multiple years? They, so he's he 26. just got it done pretty pretty recently, he, and he's his signed salary, through like, his numbers aren't terrible, obviously, because you're you're not taking on the you know the signing bonus yeah the bonus of his, of his con- yeah so it's just basically you're paying the salary only 
I don't know how those numbers are so, coming right now, but but it's it's yeah, it's, it it's like it's it's a it's a contract that like you're more than happy to take on for a top five guy. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 a bargain for a top five kind yes. of player. It's honestly a bargain at that point. And maybe you'd have to re- negotiate his deal down the road, but whatever. Um, yeah, I just think it's such a rare opportunity to kind of get that player, and also for a situation the Eagles are in and probably don't want to be in moving forward in terms of like this isn't a team that like wants the bottom out. And like take a step back. They want to have their cake and eat it too. I think in a lot of ways. Right. And I think this is a, like a big way to accelerate that timeline. Like we don't have to be bad, and especially for Howie, who's probably feeling pressure at some point here to like win now. Maybe not this year. Maybe not even next year. Who knows? But like you know, they they're gonna have to turn things around. Or I'm you know he's very tempted to turn things around. And I think Deshaun Watson kind of like you know accelerates their growth process here in terms of trying to compete right. again. So. I absolutely think like they are going to like it makes all the sense in the world to me like that the like these rumors are not hard to see like it's not hard to see the logic in the it's 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 not hard for me to believe they're true just based on how I think the Eagles are thinking about this so I absolutely think it's in play to your point about like the give Hurts a chance thing I mean I agree with that like in a vacuum but I also think that even if the Eagles traded for Deshaun Watson today, Jimmy, like Jalen Hurts would still get a chance because Deshaun Watson's situation is not resolved. Right. And even if it does get quickly, and my guess here, just based on like reading things and, you know, Mike Forio, who I think is, you know, someone to pay attention to in the the sense that like he's a lawyer, you know, he is an expert and he has like credibility and uh experience i should say in this field he expects deshaun watson to settle and i think there's a lot of you know people who expect watson to settle so we'll see if that's the case or not um but uh i think the idea that like you know again even if you trade for him today it's not like he's starting week one he's gonna get suspended he's gonna be probably facing some kind of suspension from the league it could be i don't know it's probably gonna be multiple games let's just guess six so like jalen hurts would still be getting a chance and obviously if you, you trade a big package for watson like he's gonna be your guy at some point but i mean like hurts would still be playing though and like he's playing really well like maybe you don't bench him right away i don't know so my point is like hurts is almost gonna get a chance no matter what and also to your point i agree like you're not like you're not not trading for Deshaun Watson, the, the the talent, you know, again, putting aside the allegations, like just because you're not trading, you're not not trading for anyone, basically, because of Jalen Hurts. If you think they have a chance to be good, like Jalen Hurts has not, has not done anything to dissuade you from like pursuing an upgrade. If you think there is like a very significant upgrade. And obviously the Eagles are of that mindset because they traded back to get, you know, future first round pick next year. So, uh, yeah, I think this is realistic in terms of it happening, but to me, I think a lot of people, because of the rumor and how rumors like this play out, like everyone's mindset is they think it's going to happen soon. I don't think that's the case. I think it's going to happen if it does happen next offseason. Yeah, 2022. agreed. agreed. Um, one thing I'll note, too, is like uh, on your point about, uh, you know, the, I guess, fans welcoming him to Philadelphia if they were or to not make that, or not. Yeah. I mean, we've been through this already with Mike Vick, of course, where mm-hmm. uh, I think when there were rumors that the Eagles were going to bring in Mike Vick, people were like, I'm out if they do. And as soon as they did, like there were some people that were like that, sure. that were out. But it was, I, th- I feel like um, it was a very small percentage of the fan base that, you know, that was out. And I think for the most part, as soon as they made that move, uh, Eagles fans very quickly went from, I don't want him to all right, let's see what he can do. <laughs> like very quickly uh, welcomed him to the team. And then of course he became the starting quarterback and uh, had full support, uh, not full support, but like uh, near close to it when, uh, when he became their starter and they went on a run in, in 2010 and into the playoffs or whatever. But um, 
the one thing I'll note too about Deshaun Watson is like how awesome he was last year. They went four and 12. So obviously their team didn't have much success, but 72.2, uh, 72.2 <laughs> completion percentage threw for almost 5,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Uh, he had a 8.9, so almost nine yards per attempt, which is outstanding. He averaged uh, over 300 passing yards per game. Obviously, they were down in a lot of games. Quarterback rating was 112.4. By the way, it's harder to play that way when you're down all the time. They know you're going to be throwing. And uh, he still only threw seven interceptions. And then, of course, that's just his passing. Like, as a runner, he he ran for, you know, uh, just under 450 yards, a few touchdowns there. So, I mean, like, he's, like, just to hammer the point home again, he's awesome. And remember, like, how well he played when he was here? What year was that? Was that... 2018. 2018. Yeah. Um, he was ridiculous in that game. And, and like, that wasn't out of the ordinary for, for what he does on a week to week basis. So um, again, like you mentioned, it's a rare opportunity and one that I think the Eagles should jump all over if, if, if it does present itself and it makes sense in terms of the compensation that you got to give the Houston Texans to get it done. And I think they will. And obviously there's going to be probably stiff competition for him. Although it's kind of interesting. I've been thinking about how, isn't it funny to me that potentially it could come down in theory to two teams with Alabama quarterbacks. With Jalen Hurts and oh, Tua Bailoa, yeah. I think it's very possible like, that those teams could be the the finalists for Deshaun Watson. And also funny in that Giants in that, maybe too. Like if Daniel Jones doesn't play well sure. this year, and, they have a couple of they have a couple yeah. first round picks next year because when they move back in the first round this year, and that would be pretty terrifying to have <laughs> right. to face Deshaun Watson. <laughs> right, is yeah. instantly the best quarterback in the division, like easily up, above Dak. Um, uh, but also, like, the fact, too, that makes it interesting. I think Mike Tannenbaum was talking about this on ESPN. Like, the fact that, who was the, fa- the former Dolphins general manager and a Howie Roseman friend, uh, that the the Dolphins potentially gave uh, the Eagles the ammo that could potentially right. outbid them to, to get watched. So that's all conjecture, speculation on my part, but something to watch down the road. Um, I guess I'll, I'll bring this up now. Jimmy, by the way, I'm sorry, sorry to cut you off, by the way. But, like, no, if, if, it. if it turns out that um, the Dolphins are uh, – looking for a quarterback next off season, then that means that Tua didn't play well, which means that the pick that they got from, from them likely will be a very high pick. Yeah, true. <laughs> also true. Good point. Um, didn't think about it that way. Uh, the one thing I wanted to say about Jalen Hurts, because I was, I was looking through some numbers, Jimmy, and I think I've, I've talked about this before on the podcast about like, uh, like what's it going to look like? The offense this year in terms of we've we're so used to seeing tight ends be a big part of the offense in part because uh oh, oh you know best... what i'm sorry we have some breaking news here oh crap what is it's, it it's not it's not a big deal you don't have to, you don't have to oh, run you don't have give to me run a heart it. attack i was looking at <laughs> twitter what is it uh alex holly of fox 29 uh is tweeting video of the eagles taking down the carson wentz banner wow right now from outside the stadium to me how devastated are you <laughs> quite devastated but that actually people have been uh sort of uh which shows you like they've been waiting for that to happen for you know (laughs) most of the off season like i've gotten a lot of questions about that it just hasn't been on my radar like i just haven't cared about that uh but yeah and so it's coming down literally as we speak right now pour one out for carson wentz (laughs) i don't remember what you were talking about now What, what what was it uh, well, it was the guy who replaced Carson Wentz this season or this past oh, season. Okay. It was Jalen Hurts. And, uh, I wanted to get to something about him. I've been doing a training camp preview series. I know as you already have been doing on phillywist.com or about, uh, tight ends recently. And it had been like anecdotally, I kept saying to my mind, like Jalen Hurts, like, I wonder how the tight end production is going to look for the Eagles this year with him at quarterback because mm-hmm. 
it felt like he took a step back last year when he got into the games and uh like like we know Carson Wentz loves speaking of Carson Wentz loved to throw to his tight ends to a fault very much too much maybe and and he was able to work the middle of the field in part because he's really tall and you can see over the offensive line right John Hurts is six foot one and not the same case so I wanted to look back and I found the splits for Goddard and Ertz. I'm not going to read them here because it's really not interesting. There's just like decimal points. It's not going to mean anything to anyone. But uh, the gist of it, I will, I will tell you, like uh, Goddard and Ertz's numbers, and just from a per game uh, basis, like targets, receptions, yards, touchdowns, like they were all down pretty much across the board um, when uh, Hertz was in compared to Wentz. And it actually, like, I saw, it wasn't even top of mind for me that Jalen Hurts has yet to throw a touchdown pass to a tight end in the NFL. Like, he never hit either of his tight ends for a touchdown okay. pass. Now, you know, he only played four games, so a small sample size. It's not like everything. But seeing that made me look back at his college stats. How many of Jalen Hurts's 80 passing touchdowns in college, Jimmy, do you think went to tight ends? This mm-hmm. is Alabama and Oklahoma combined. Well, they had awesome receivers at both places. Sure. So, and that's a factor. Yeah. But they did have some decent tight ends too. Like Irv Smith wasn't there. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, he went first round, didn't he? Or second round? Second round. Uh, OJ Howard was also in there. OJ Howard. Uh, so like, not nothing at tight end. I'm gonna go six. Wow, I went, I went super low. It's uh, <laughs> it's fifteen. So <laughs> it's uh, I did that thing where like you you think you have some kind of like uh, uh-huh. impressive thing, and then you go too far, and then you're like, well, no, I was fifteen. <laughs> Like oh, that's something that's on the lower end. I'll be and like, "Hey, Kristen Roach of Rose Realtors, guess how many steps I took today?" And she'll be like, "28,000. thousand." I'm like, "No, yeah. it's not even close to that." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. It's like two thousand. <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah, I just thought that was a little interesting. Um, it doesn't mean everything. It doesn't mean that uh, like he's never going to throw the tight ends. But I just kind of think it's interesting that a lot of people, I think, in a vacuum, are perceiving or. or thinking in their minds projecting that Dallas Goddard Goddard is going to have like this huge amazing breakout season and he might as the Eagles tight end one but like if he kind of his numbers are like lagging a little bit more than expected I think that might be something to watch um just that uh I but on the other side too I think the wide receiver numbers are going to boost up I think we're going to see more production from the wide receivers I think Hertz is going to be more won't to target them than he is the tight ends. Do you have any thoughts on that? Anecdotally, I kind of feel like in that Cardinals game in crunch time, he did often go to Goddard in the second half of that game. Does that sound right to you? I mean, he, he targeted him in the end zone on those. On those well, Hail Marys, that, the, even those aside, and he uh-huh. did he did go to well. I mean, the two Hail Marys. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say he targeted Goddard necessarily on those, but I feel like he did kind of go to him. In those crunch time situations, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But um, I think that eventually he'll recognize that um, obviously Devontae Smith is going to be their most, obviously is going to be like their their most talented receiver. And then after him, it's probably Goddard. Yeah. And then uh, thereafter, you have, you know, who's going to step up between Fulgham and Rager and whatever and all that stuff that we've been talking about all offseason. So um, it is interesting that uh, he didn't go to the tight ends as much as uh, Carson Wentz did. Of course, they ran a lot more two tight end sets. Uh, and and then we're probably going to see this year. I'll be happy to see that go away because uh, <laughs> they're not going to be doing that with Goddard and Richard Rodgers the same way they did it with Ertz and Goddard. So. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it is an interesting look that, that you did there. Uh, 
but ultimately I do think that, <laughs> that, that I do I, I ultimately I do think Goddard's going to get his share of targets this year. Oh, he's going to get uh, but I don't think I don't I think a lot of people think he might like be the like unquestionable number one, or even just, I don't know that he's the number one. I think he might be the number two. I think Devante is going to be the number one. I think oh, Devontae's for sure. Gonna, yeah, yeah. Devante is yeah. going to lead the team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns as long as he stays healthy. I don't think everyone's on that mindset. I think some people think it's going to be Goddard who's the number one target. I think really? it's going to be Devante. Yeah, yeah I, it's, I've it's seen it out there, he, so. like, Goddard right. isn't Goddard isn't Ertz. So like, you're mm-hmm. not going to rely on him on like you know every third down situation like they did with Ertz uh, when he was in his prime. Goddard is more complete tight end in that yeah. he can, you know, catch the ball. He can run after the catch better than Ertz did. He's certainly a way better blocker than Ertz was, but he's not the receiver that Ertz was. Or and I, I wouldn't say or the anything. I wouldn't say or anything close. But yeah, Ertz definitely had him on route running, and uh, I think he has better hands too, and uh, just the overall, you know, significantly better receiver than than Goddard was. Not that Goddard's like Goddard's a good receiver too. But he's more complete than than Ertz was, but that doesn't necessarily uh, translate to a ton of targets the way it did for Ertz. All right, so take another break here, but not before Jimmy. I tell you about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon dot com right now, listener. Please, At, well, actually, after you listen to the podcast, maybe. I mean, you can pause the podcast, come back to it. It's up to you. Either way, RighteousFelon dot com. Go get yourself some snacks. You know, training camp is coming up. The season will be here before you know it. Uh, also, I just think Righteous Home Craft Jerky make good snacks. Like if you're going, let's say, maybe kayaking, it's a good uh, snack. Or like a hiking, maybe you're, you're just at the beach. You're on the beach. You want a good snack? Righteous Home Craft Jerky, go get it by going to RighteousSome.com. Using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. It's such a good snack. Also, if you want a really good snack for your dogs because you love them, you want to go to WildNaturePet.com. Use the same discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Again, you should trust my opinion when it comes to food. Just look at my Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at Brandon Gowton. I'm posting pictures of there of of all this crazy food stuff there. Well, not all the time, but time to time. Just went to Asbury Park, Jimmy, yesterday to get the triple okay. threat OG. It's called. It is a mm. one big giant like pizza shaped thing, but like not quite like two thirds of it maybe pizza. A third of it is like a calzone built into this one thing. And then there are garlic knots that bridge the calzone and the pizza. There's a picture of it once again on my Instagram. What's it called again? You can find it. It's called the Triple Threat OG. It's at okay. Joe's Rotisseria in uh, Asbury Park. Uh, yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. So anyway, the point Asbury there is – Asbury Park making a comeback, by the way. Like it was a ghost yeah. town for a while, and uh, it's becoming a more popular place to go to again. It was uh, pretty – it was hopping. It was uh, not like overcrowded, but it was like there are a lot of people out. It was nice last mm-hmm. night. So uh, go check – well, you can check that out too if you want. But the point is I know what I'm talking about when it comes to food. <laughs> so check out com and discount code BGN15. Jimmy. Yes. Back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience – Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, 
and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 192. It doesn't matter. Jimmy, we should finish up this discussion today with some more trade rumors and specifically (laughs) Fletcher Cox, because you wrote about the Eagles trading Fletcher Cox. How dare you, Jimmy? How dare you do that? (laughs) It's less a rumor than it is uh, just me logically pointing out that it's Mm. it's something that they should look into. Uh, But yeah, I said they should be looking for opportunities to trade him. And for three reasons, he's expensive, he's getting older. And um, I mean, if if you don't do it now, it's, you're not going to get anything for him or you're going to get significantly less for him uh, next offseason. So uh, I laid that out in an article in a little bit more depth uh, on each of those three things. Again, expensive, old, and do it now while you still can. Um, the feedback on that has been sort of interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. It has ranged from uh, like one, I'm looking at one here. Says, These media members need jobs at Arby's, I swear. Uh, okay. Uh, I think that the article pretty logically laid out the reasoning for you know why you would trade him now uh most yeah, people, but why would you make the eagles worse most, <laughs> why would you make them a worse team most people agreed with it um the the one argument that i can like i can understand that um fletcher cox has been like the best player in the defense for the bulk of his career he's been in the league nine years and he's still probably the best defensive player on the team so and like some I, people's favorite player maybe I, I i get it right so i get it like from the fan perspective i absolutely get that you don't want to trade him because you like him and he's and he's, been, he's been a good player for a long time probably still will, will be a good player for another couple of years so I, that argument i understand um but when just from when you look at what you get if you trade him first of all you get a draft pick in return i suggested that like a late two would be reasonable asking price i don't know if they get that maybe you get like a three and a mm. four or something like that like a similar price that the eagles paid for like darius slay for example i think that's maybe more realistic on what you'd actually get but again i think the two would be a reasonable asking price initially so um i mean you get that and then also by trading them you get rid of his salaries in mm. 2021 and 2022 which in 2021 it's 15 million in 2022 it's 16 million 
tack on another million roster bonus next year, and you're at 32 million. That 32 million can go to players that can help you in 2022, 2023, and beyond uh, when you're potentially hopeful to be a Super Bowl contender once again, which obviously they are not right now. And uh, actually, more feedback that uh, from that article that uh, I don't agree with is the idea that they can compete for a Super Bowl right like right now. Like a lot of people are still delusional <laughs> about that right now. And I just still just I don't, I don't understand that. Like they can like uh a common uh retort was they can still win the division. Well, yeah, I guess. Okay. But like so what? Like you're gonna win the division at, at eight and nine and uh you get you bounce as quickly as Washington did last year and have a pick you know in the twenties, in the early twenties, like nineteen, twenty, twenty one, somewhere around there. And then what does that do for you? So like I don't know. Any the, anyway, the idea the idea of that article is basically like you get more by trading him now than you will, you know, enjoying him for uh, one or two more seasons. And by the way, he's only under contract for another two years. And the idea of like re like signing him to a contract extension like next off season seems crazy to me. So more than likely, he, he's probably only going to be on the team for two more years anyway. So just do it now and get something back while you still can. Both in terms yeah, of he, both in terms of money, like salary cap space, and uh, and the draft pick that and young a young player that you can take in the draft. I think if he's kind of like looking good, you know, like early in the season, um, I think my realistic goal would kind of be like maybe a two and then a pick swap. Maybe like you're giving up okay. like you know a six and then you're getting like a three or not a three, but like a, a four back. You know, okay. like move, maybe moving up two rounds on day three or something like that. Right. Um, that's kind of what I would realistically kind of be hoping for. I mean, I, I agree with you on just from the premise of like, like Fletcher Cox. I'm looking at his cap number this year, Jimmy. It's $23.9 million. Like that is basically $6 million higher than the next closest player who's Lane Johnson. Mm-hmm. And I think Fletcher Cox is still really good. But like, is he elite anymore? Like, is he like, when's the last time? I think I've raised this question to you. Like, when's the last time he's really like made this like, like he's taken over a game? entirely and like has been this star i don't i I don't think he has i think he's been very good but like i don't think he's this elite player anymore and i should note that earlier this offseason jeff mcclain wrote an article about how there's quote internal concern and quote about how fletcher cox is going to age right right in terms of how he takes care of himself and everything and now i don't want to i don't like to you know speculate on players work ethics because a lot of these guys work pretty hard yeah and i don't have evidence to say he's dogging it but i will say at what i do have evidence of jimmy is that this is a player who turns 31 in December, which seems mm-hmm. like not that old, you know, relatively, but he he's has... In his, he's set, in the 10th season. He's in his 10th season, oh, of course. He's the 10th season. So <laughs> I, I looked at his total snap count, and I included the playoffs in here. He has 7,442 career snaps. Yeah, I mean, they really they point. really leaned on him in, 20, in 2018 specifically because they had so many injuries, and then even 2019 too. So, like, he played a... a, like, a like an exaggerated number of snaps in uh, 2018. So did you did you include the playoffs on those? I did, yeah. Okay. And I said that too. Oh, I We're listening once yeah. again, Jimmy. <laughs> um, but wait, hold on. To put this number in perspective, uh, Brandon Graham, who turns 34 uh, in April mm-hmm. of 2022. Like, so he's a couple years older. And as we just know, like Brandon Graham was the 2010 draft. Fletcher Cox was the 2012 draft. So right. two drafts after. Um Brandon Graham, Jimmy, is at six thousand one hundred and sixty-one career snaps. So okay. 
a thousand fewer, more than a thousand fewer snaps, despite the fact he's a couple years older. And now part of that is that, and I also included playoffs in there for the record. And part of that is that Brandon Graham didn't become a starter to like the fifth, a full time starter at least to like the fifth uh, year of yeah, his he, career. He missed it a year early in his career. Like he only played two games or something like that. that. Too. ACL tear, I think it was. But um, still, like the point is, like the the point there. I've always said with Brandon Graham, like I've been comfortable with his age right. because like he hasn't played all those snaps, and I think he's the age is a little deceiving. Like he's he's kind of a little bit younger than the number suggests. You could argue. Yeah. Like, the point here is Fletcher Cox is older, I think, than his age shows. Right. Like it's almost like we talked about when we did like a look around at the rest of the NFC East, and the point about like Tyron Smith. You look at his age on paper, but uh-huh. he entered the league when he was like twenty, and he. Uh, he's, I forget exactly what season he's going into 11th, maybe. Um, but he's been around for a long time and like, he's racked up like injuries and stuff of Fletcher Cox, maybe less so on the injury front, but mm-hmm. the idea that he's played so many snaps at a very taxing position, like defensive tackle is yeah. not an easy position to play in the NFL. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. He probably is older than his age would indicate. So I think the move is to, again, hope he kind of plays well early in the season. And obviously, if you're having like an excellent season, like you're, let's say, whatever, uh, 7-0 or 8-0, whatever the record is by the deadline, <laughs> then you're not going to trade him. Yeah, but like if he's having a good season and you're like 2-5 and five or whatever, then yeah, sell him off. Like get the highest value you can. Like you, I, I know it's hard and understandably so, not like irrationally so, for fans to like look at things in a one-year window. Like you want to be as good as you can this year. You don't care about next season right now. But that's just not where the Eagles are. We've had this discussion like yeah. a lot. This is more than just about one year. And this isn't just like our opinion on this. This is the team's opinion on this. This is why they traded down to get future draft picks next year. They're looking at this through multiple years. This is why they hired a young coach and a young coaching staff that they believe can kind of grow into things. Like their quarterback position isn't settled. They're not all in this year. They just objectively are not all. This should not be a point of contention. They are not all in this year. That doesn't mean they're not trying to be good, but it does mean they are literally not trying to do everything they possibly can to win this year. So along those lines, it shouldn't be like so. The idea of trading Fletcher Cox shouldn't be like so like beyond uh, reproach is the term. Yeah, that I'm thinking of. he's not untouchable. Um, yeah, he should, no one on this team. Yeah. No one, not. A single Carson Wentz wasn't than, untouchable, so Fletcher Cox isn't untouchable either. Other than Devontae Smith should be yes, untouchable correct. on this team. Honestly, honestly, not a single freaking player other than Devontae Smith. Is there another player? No. I can't name a single other player. I mean, you could say Landon Dickerson, but I don't agree with that. I would say just because of the injuries, and I don't know. Um, and obviously, I don't know what you would do. You're so right. It's probably, it's probably just Devontae Smith, and that's it. Yeah, I think it's Devontae Smith. Like, I would not. I would. I, there's no offer. I mean, it would have to be like you know, ten first round picks or something for me. <laughs> like, you know, you just. You I know, might trade Devontae happen. Smith for five Maybe. first round picks. Maybe. Maybe. Might. I might do that. Maybe. I might be tempted uh, by that. But yeah. So I think they should trade him. I was have kind of been saying. That, I think dating back to the, the end of last year, I've been, and it kind of made me like, kind of like like grimace or whatever when they restructured his deal this off season. Cause I don't, I thought that like might, you know, make it less likely that they could move him, but I guess they still can before the deadline and they could clear cap space and everything. I think the deadline is the date to watch. I think that's the big thing, right? Wouldn't you agree with that? Like you wouldn't trade him. I mean, if you could I'd trade him now, yeah, if you can get something sure. for him now, do it. Yeah. But, but, but I, I think his value is going to be his highest though at the deadline. It could I think be. The, yeah. Theoretically. I think, I think it's well, it's going to be a seller's market. I think the, the other point. point made in the article too, by the way, is like he was awesome in two diff- in two wildly different schemes. So like he had his best year, as you mentioned, in 2018 when he had ten and a half sacks, 
I think he had 34 quarterback hits, which is a crazy number for a defensive tackle in particular. And then his next best, his next best year was uh, 2015 uh, under Chip, under Billy Davis, when they had that BS 3-4 two-gapping scheme where he had like a crazy number of tackles, 71, I think it was. He also had nine and a half sacks and uh, like was dominant. So he was dominant in that scheme and he was dominant in a 4-3 scheme that allowed uh you know the defensive lineman to attack upfield be a one gap uh penetrating type of player he was awesome in both schemes so he should be appealing to literally any defense you know what i mean so like it's not like he's just like a fit for this defense or that defense he should be a fit for every team in the nfl so we'll see if it happens any other thoughts jimmy uh are we at the final thought portion of the podcast is that what you're asking yeah. Okay. Well, I gave sort of a uh, a story highlighting my um, uh, football greatness on the mallet story. So let me balance that out with one that didn't mm-hmm. go so well. So training camp, um, I don't know what year it was, but Mike Kafka was one of the quarterbacks. And uh, as you and I know, and our listeners know, Mike Kafka didn't exactly have a howitzer for an arm. Um, anyway, he was the quarterback. And... Uh, he threw a pass that was overthrown. It was going to be high. It went over the receiver's head and it was coming right to me. Like right. Perfect spot. was coming right to me, like head high, like my pass to mallet. And, um, I was standing right in front of like the bleachers. Did you, did you go to Lehigh? I went like one practice. Okay. Not for well, even media. This is before I started covering the team. They, I mean, they, they, they pack these bleachers every single day during practice. I was yeah. right in front of the bleachers. Anyway, the ball's coming to me. I'm like totally calmly. All right, I'm going I'm to catch this. And I had like my little notepad and I just, I calmly just dropped that on the ground, put my hands up to catch the ball and it just went <laughs> right through my hands. And the, <laughs> the entire, the entire section behind me, like really loudly. <laughs> boom. <laughs> It was very, very embarrassing. It was like the easiest pass to catch ever, too. By the way, like I don't know how I don't know how I dropped. I remember I was standing right Choked. next to. I think I was. Do you remember Ryan Messick? Yeah. So he go. He was standing right next to me. He goes. He goes, dude. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, you know, it's gonna be hard to. It's gonna be hard to cover the rest of this practice with these fans mm. and you and these fans knowing exactly what just happened right now. <laughs> I feel like you're lucky. Like so, I mean that. I mean iPhones were around, obviously, at that point. But like, I, I don't oh, know if that was yeah, the point where like yeah. everyone had them, yeah. like they do today. You're lucky that happened then, and not like in today's. Someone would have gotten a video of that. That's and, right. Uh, yeah, the Eagles probably had that, like on their all twenty two oh, of practice. Right. And, I mean, not not probably had. They definitely had that. But uh, they're they, going to release that uh, <laughs> the next time. Like you know, you push it a little too far, they're going right. to threaten you with that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Release the clips, Eagles. We need to see that at some point. That, that um, was probably around, like I would say, twenty. Well, obviously, it's when they're still Lehigh. 10, I would say twenty eleven, twenty twelve, okay. somewhere around there. All right. Um, well, my final thought, Jimmy, is that training camp begins in about a week from now. So we will be back with you, assuming nothing major happens, which it could. Who knows? In terms of an earth trade or whatever. Uh, we'll be back some point early, or maybe in the weekend, early next week, whatever, having a training camp preview of yes. sorts to go over that. And then again, we will be with you here every single day. Training camp, practice reports, 
checking in daily. You know, not obviously hour-long episodes, but, you know, whatever, half an hour or so, 25-minute episodes, kind of giving you a breakdown of what we saw at practice that day. In addition to our practice notes, kind of give more color than we would be able to just give in written form. So stay tuned for those. So obviously you want to follow slash subscribe. The, the new term is follow, Jimmy, apparently, on Apple Podcasts oh, at least. Okay. It's not even subscribe. I know, it's weird. So you want to make sure you're not missing any episodes because we will be here with you daily in the very near future. But uh, So you have that to look forward to. Again, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Brandon Gowton on Twitter and at Brandon Gowton on Instagram. Again, so if you want to see that pizza thing that I had, which you probably do, uh, follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. BGN underscore radio is the Twitter account for this podcast. Follow Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter at Bleeding Green. Check out my work at BleedingGreenNation.com. Check out Jimmy's work at FullyVoice.com. Check out our sponsors here, BGN Radio, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, of course, and also BGN's uh, you know favorite meat product, Snack, which is right to sell in craft jerky, going to right to sell Discount code BGN15 for 15% off dog snacks. You can use the same discount code BGN15 for 15% off. We will be back here next week. Goodbye, everybody. BGN. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk get one thousand dollars off vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox that's v-a-n-t-a dot com slash vox for one thousand dollars off vanta